Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Big League Chicago. I'm Rick here with Jack. And the Bears are either getting a renovated stadium or they're going to Arlington Heights. Um, some news coming out from Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Basically, they had some concept photos. Uh, not going to lie, they actually look kind of dope. Uh, kind of building a dome over Soldier Field right now is, is one of the concepts. They got like w three options. One of them is building a dome, building the stadium to become dome ready. And then the other one is just like a multi-purpose stadium for like soccer, hospitality, concerts, and events. What, uh, what, what do you, what are your, like your, what were your initial thoughts when, did you see like the pictures and stuff? Well, my initial thoughts was I saw what the expected value was, and it's two point yeah. five billion dollars, and it looks like a new fucking stadium, yeah. which is fine. You know, I, I I actually recently went to my first concert at Soldier Field. It sucked. I, I sat on one of the sides. <laughs> you can't really hear. Well, you can hear, but it just it, the the sound's not coming to you like a flow concert. Yeah, uh, it's a small stadium for football wise. Mm -hmm. The soccer entertainment of the fire hasn't been what they've lived up to, um, or at least hoped. But we'll see. I mean, I, the design, I think you've got it spot on. I think the design is, is, is I, it catches your eye. It's amazing, yeah. And, uh, that's definitely something to be excited for. But if it's, you know, unfortunately, I still live in the city of Chicago. If that's my fucking tax dollars going <laughs> to that bullshit of a stadium, I, I'm okay. Uh, I could drive to Arlington Heights. That's how I feel, but... Uh, definitely an interesting <laughs> proposal from Lori, Lori Lightweight, Lightfoot, Lightfoot, Lightweight, sorry. Um, yeah, no, it's, you mentioned like it's a small stadium and it's true. They only have 61,500 seats. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like the, you know, that obviously it's on the smaller end, right? They, with the, with the proposed renovations, they'd go up to 70,000, which I don't know how much more. Uh, how much bigger it makes the stadium compared to others, but you know it, it would include an additional fan activation area, which I'm assuming is just like just more places fans can go during the game or like before the game or whatever to kind of hang out and do their own do their own thing. But I mean, like I said, like it AK, looks good. Go ahead. AKA bullshit to raise the ticket prices by thirty bucks. Exactly, exactly. An extra thirty dollars in the pocket, and yeah, they're gonna get richer, but. Um, and I, I was like, I was thinking about what you said, right? Like if it's coming out of your tax dollars, like Lori Lightfoot was like, Hey, I have no problem making this a taxpayer issue. And it's just like $2.5 billion in taxes. Like, don't get me wrong. They could probably swing that, you know, maybe in like a couple of years, but like, fuck, that's kind of, that kind of sucks. But, um, yeah, I just like, that's, that's how badly I guess the mayor wants the Bears in Chicago still. Well, and it, it's yes to keep the Bears in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, a move to Arlington Heights wouldn't be the furthest move from any NFL team to their major direct city. Yeah. Uh, but you all know this is a cash grab. This is a grab for a Super Bowl and an attention to be able to bring, you know, college football finals and playoffs to the stadium, maybe conference championships, maybe that Big Ten championship, stuff like that. They want this stadium to be used all year round. They want mm -hmm. it to be used for the big games. And because it's an outdoor stadium, because we live in a cold city like we do in the windy city of Chicago, it's impossible for these teams in this, the NFL to hold the Super Bowl and all these you know, conference and, and championship games for college football at that stadium. So maybe that comes into question as well. Uh, being a city-owned stadium and area... Like I said, and like you've said, it does beg the question, is that going to follow responsible, responsibility on the taxpayer of the city, you know, city goers and, and stuff like that? Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think it's something that does need to happen if it's Arlington or at Soldier Field. still not going to change the fact that it's a shit show to get to the ball, uh, get to the stadium. <laughs> yeah. That's always not going to – it's just what it is. It's traffic, mm -hmm. and it's a nightmare, but uh, – <clears throat> Whatever it takes to, I guess, make the the Bears product look more entertaining off the field, because on on field we'll get there, but on field uh, we'll see this season. We'll see. And then, and like you said, it's a cash grab, right? Like, 
that's the shitty thing is like the taxpayers will pay for it right but they won't they won't really see any of the benefit it'll just get it'll be more of a pain in the ass year round to get anywhere right like you bring college playoffs you bring basketball you bring concerts um in a in a controlled environment type of stadium and it really just like not only not only are like chicago residents paying for it but then they have to like take the trains that are stuffed with people trying to get to the stadium um Maybe, you know, you know, you, you just, there's just so many things that happen with something like this. And don't get me wrong. It would be great because when you, when you look at like the concept photos and what they would have, it just reminds me of what the Ricketts did with Wrigley and they built their own hotel. They got a couple of restaurants. They have a nice little area for like, uh, all the statues, um, little play area, you know, they, they just made it look visually appealing. And I mean, that's exactly what, what the mayor's trying to do and, you know, uh, again, with the backdrop of the city on the lakefront in the summertime, gorgeous. It would be probably one of the one of the greatest places to like watch an event, go to a concert, something like that, right? It would just be great because like me me, I've I've, you know, been in the city in the summertime and like we'll catch like a random uh concert like in Millennium Park or something like that and it's beautiful because everything just Everything just works out so well. Like the the weather's really nice, and and again, it's just beautiful. I I just love Chicago too. So maybe I'm being biased on that part, but it's just beautiful. So imagine like by Soldier Field, and then after the concert or whatever, you go to a restaurant. Yeah, you, you're watching like some game on some big ass like screen TV, I guess that they might have like there on the side or whatever. And it's it's like a good thought, but also, and I was talking to this, and I was talking about this on a on a only football with Kyle. Um, <clears throat> what was I going to say? A new stadium would be fucking dope too. Like it would be great. Like, don't get me wrong. 30 minutes, 30, 40 minutes to Arlington. Yeah, sure. It's out of the way, but I mean, it's like you said, it's not like the, the worst thing. It's not like it's two hours away, you know, down South in Champaign or something like that. Um, it's, it's 30, 40 minutes away. There's parking. It's a brand new stadium. It's definitely going to be, you know, uh, environmentally controlled on the inside. There's more. There's more opportunity for that. Um, it would just be cool because I mean, you look at the Raiders in Vegas, and you look at the the LA Rams, and their stadiums are just amazing. They're beautiful. You know, I think Dallas was really the first one to get it right, and they kind of like broke or led all the NFL teams in a direction of like this is how a stadium should look. This is the standard, and that's kind of what happened with LA and with 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 the Raiders and stuff. So. Either way, I think uh, I was saying this. Like either way, I think the the fans win, um, but it's got its pros and cons. Obviously, right? We mentioned uh, just like how much of a pain in the ass will be for taxpayers. It'll clog up all the all the modes of transportation. It's a pain in the ass to get there in the first place, right? It's, but you know, it brings money into the city. Just all sorts of good things. Like, and, and, and I think the biggest thing too with like the McCaskies was like, we could have, this could have been done how much longer ago we had to threaten to leave Chicago for you guys to actually give a fuck. So I kind of, again, I, I feel like no matter what they go with and they've already bought Arlington park, um, the racetrack or whatever. So who knows, but either way, I think either way it goes there. Uh, the, the bears fans are going to win until, you know, you got to pay for it, <laughs> which that'll suck. But uh, that's that's for uh, you to pay, Jack. <laughs> oh, good thing you got out of the city when you did or the state. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I think you've got a good point. It, it'll be interesting to see what happens. A, a lot of money is going to be tossed around either way. I think both ways you're seeing a billion dollars spent. So mm-hmm. it's a scary mm-hmm. thought, but that's kind of the day and age we live in. I, I do think you've got an interesting point when when they did build build the new. Uh, um, Cowboy Stadium that it, it's impressive. It's very yeah. impressive. It's got the big scoreboard. It's it's air controlled. It's it, it's a good environment and it hosts all the events that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. So uh, should be interesting to say. But it begs me to ask the question: What the hell is the product on the field going to look like? That that is another thing. That is another thing because you think of like the revenue that comes in from from something like that and they got to pay the city right i think uh we i forgot like what was it i think we were talking to eric or or you said it like that the city gets a big chunk of that right 
So not only like from the owners, right? Do they do they have their own money and you know revenue coming in from all that that stuff that that the potential of of Soldier Field or a brand new stadium brings in? Does does the product get better? And again, the McCaskies are cheap. It really does come down to ownership because the McCaskies are cheap no matter what. Um, so is it? Are they going to try to keep all that money? Are they actually going to put a great product on the field? Right, like. That, that actually is a great question to have because, yeah, sure, it's pretty, it looks nice, but if in the next decade nothing gets done, regardless of the direction they go here, uh, as far as on-the-field productivity and what it looks like, then what the fuck was the point? You know what I mean? Just for money? Was it just for revenue? Uh, was it just to look pretty? Was it was it just to get under away from Chicago? Um yeah, I think that's a great point because if the if the if the product on the field doesn't improve, then the product overall is still shit. At least, you know, in my opinion, for sure. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We need a big step from uh, some from JF Justin Fields, and uh, yeah, and we want to see it. We want to see Darnell Mooney be that number one receiver. But I think you've got exciting news about uh, one Jaquan Brisker, don't you? Well, I mean, yeah, it, it was looking kind of murky there, but I think the the Bears are finalizing that uh, that deal with Jaquan Brisker. I think so. I th- the big thing with Brisker was he didn't want to sign his deal because uh, Fedarian Mathis, who was selected one pick ahead of him, had eleven one hundred eleven thousand guaranteed in year three, um, and he I guess that was where talk stalled with uh, polls in the front office. But then Tyquan Thornton, uh, the Patriots selected him two picks after Brisker, is receiving zero guaranteed in year three. So I guess like the the amount there is just like what's at stake right now. Um, but I think they are finalizing that. I think I saw news that that's no longer an issue. Like they're actually finalizing that he's going to get signed here soon. So, but the biggest thing out of actual signings is Roquan Smith, the, basically the, the the anchor of the defense right now. Um, he said he wouldn't participate in training camps until he got his new contract. That uh, got kind of uh, – that actually got resolved. He is coming to training camp, but he is still kind of like, hey, let's figure this out, right? So he is actually going to be attending training camp along with um, – oh, my God, what's his name? Uh, Quinn, Robert Quinn. He's going to be attending – you know, both of them are going to be attending. But uh, I think he wants to be the highest-paid linebacker in the NFL, and that's what a lot of people are saying as well. Um Leonard, Darius Leonard, sorry, Shaquille Leonard, now that he wants to be referred to as Shaquille, um, got $19 million and just... F- wait, 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 Yeah, you didn't see Shaquille that? Shaquille Le- Wait, what? Darius Leonard was wants this? to be referred to as Shaquille Leonard now, because I guess that's what his family calls him? I don't, I don't know. I, I saw that on NFL.com, so I, I, I don't know. Interesting. Interesting. Didn't hear that. Mm-hmm. So, Shaquille Leonard got paid $19 mil and flourished, did really well in Eberflus's, uh defensive scheme on the Colts last year. So now Roquan is only going to benefit from that with Eberflus, right, as the head coach. So now he wants to be the $20 million per year, $100 million overall, five-year contract Roquan Smith linebacker. So um, I think the big question is, and I don't really think of this as a question, but you know people have to ask it, is... Roquan Smith, part of the future of the Bears. And I think I, I think so. I think 100% he is, right? He's still young. He's still very dominant. I think there's like a stat, something about like 20 tackles for loss and like 100 tackles um, in a year was done by him and, um, oh, my God, the Ravens linebacker from a long time ago. He's in the Hall of Fame now. I forget his name. But I don't know how I could forget his name, but I'm bad at names. So um, I think they were like one of the only ones to do it. And so he's he's dominating right now, and he's still young. They drafted him out of Georgia. He's just he's legitimately a bulldog, and he's not you know afraid to fucking go out there and hit somebody. So I think he should one hundred percent still be a part of like the future plans. And if you got to pay him and make him the highest paid linebacker, hundred million dollars over the next five years, then do it. Honestly, Ryan Poles do it. It's his first year as GM, so it kind of sucks to have both of these kind of things happen on your first you know off season, but. He's done really well so far, and they've got a lot of cap uh, uh, space to kind of make get these deals done. Um, so I don't know what you think about that with Roquan. You know, glad to see he's coming to camp. You never want to see a player, excuse me, hold out for 
for contract reasons, especially mm-hmm. from a training camp where he's kind of coming in as a leader, and that's going to be the first time in his career that yeah. he's coming in as one of those guys who's going to be expected to be the leader of the defense. He and Eddie Jackson need to take on these rookies and, and kind of teach them and, and tell them the way of, of what it is to be a pro and understand how it is to be successful in this league. I think Roquan was taught well from guys like Khalil Mack, guys like mm-hmm. Danny Trevathan. Uh, it's exciting to hear Robert Quinn will be back. It's starting to look more and more like he will be a Bear come you know opening weekend. Yeah. And yeah. I, you know that would be exciting. It helps out the defense and it makes that front uh, front line a little bit more scary, at least in terms of getting some pressure on the quarterback. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You, you got to think in in the terms of. Is Roquan that future guy? Is that is the guy he you rebuild around? The fact that you didn't trade him tells you that yeah, yeah. I think so. And uh, if the guy wants some money and and, and it's going to be around that hundred hundred and ten million dollar mark, I think he deserves it. He's played well. Um, and if if you're really going to hold out in the sense of in terms of the team aspect and see what he can do without those kind of veteran presence in that locker room and on the field. Um, since they've traded away those guys or, or released, mm-hmm. we'll see. But I, you know, I think Roquan will end up earning that money. He'll he'll lead the team in tackles as long as he stays healthy. Not oh, yeah. wood, uh, <laughs> and you'll look for some dominance from from the guy. And that's what's going to you know sure linebacker group and, and kind of hope uh, to make your defense somewhat competitive. Yeah, I mean, I, I to me personally, he's like the Brian Urlacher of this defense. You build around him. He's going to be around for a long time. He's going to be dominant for a long time. Um, somehow, like, the Bears always have some of the best linebackers and some of the best running backs. Like, that's just, like, standard for the Bears ever since the conception of the Bears, I think. Because um, quarterback sure is hell ain't it. Uh, but we're hoping to break that with Justin Fields. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I agree. Like, he's he's been great. Uh, there's no reason not to uh, – extend him or give him that contract that he wants. But it's also nice to kind of, it's also like, I don't want to say nice, but it's also interesting to look at the other side. If you trade him and you get a shit ton of like talent back, um, you know, what happens there, right? Like, are we good on a cheaper version of like the talent that we get back for a little bit, but then kind of down the road, it's kind of the same thing. Okay. Well, if they're that good, they're going to want an extension as well. Why not solidify this guy instead of playing the what ifs, right? That's just my opinion. What one other? Go ahead. Sorry. I want. I want to stop you right there. I'm already dealing with one team that's in a five year <laughs> rebuild. I don't need another. Let's I let's slow true. the roll on that true. thought. I think you know you got to ask the question and you got to think about it. But um, oh, I, I don't want to think about that. I really don't want to think about that. And and I don't I don't want to either because the Cubs are in the same fucking position. Like I actually want a decent football team. You know what I mean? Like. I want a decent bear squad and the defense is like somehow always there. And with Roquan, you solidify that. And with these draft picks, Brisker and Brisker included, uh, in, in this, like it should be a fine, it should be a damn good defense for the, for the years to come. So, um, one other thing on the stadium, uh, renovation, uh, topic, I think, uh, Lightfoot said, well, I, you know, at the end of the day, if the Bears don't want to follow this renovation plan, then some NFL team will. And some people were like, so does that mean there's going to be two teams in Chicago? Can you imagine that? Two teams in Chicago, the Bears in Arlington, and then another one in Soldier Field. It'd be like the Jets and the Giants. Like, that would be insane. But just I don't see how fans would would adapt and accept and appreciate that second team. I mean, this is Bears country. This is yeah. this is Bears County, you know, Cook County and surrounding <laughs> counties of, of Chicago and the in the state of Illinois. It's Bears 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 unless you live near St. Louis. Well, I guess now Indianapolis at this point. Sorry. True. Sorry Rams fans. But <laughs> um ah, that that would be a weird thought. Like, I mean, Jacksonville or like I don't know. I don't, it would be weird to think about who who that yeah. team would be. Um, but I Lightfoot, like I said, I, I, we're a, we're a sports podcast for a reason. We're not here to talk about Lori Lightweight Lightfoot. Lori Lightweight, I kind of like that. Um, if we were a political podcast, I swear I to God, I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm really not. I think you just. I think you just. I think Jack just created something. I'm gonna uh, make that a clip and go viral. 
Um, but yeah, that, that would be really weird to, cause I feel like, you know, when it comes to like Cubs and Sox fans, right? Like obviously there, that's a division, right? A, a divide right there between Chicago. And then once football season rolls around basketball season, then hockey season, like it's like, okay, Chicago is coming back together again to support the same exact team. So it would be weird. It would definitely be weird to have, uh, to have another Chicago football team, but We'll see what happens. Again, it looks dope. The renovation uh, um, concept pictures look awesome. They're along the lakeside with Soldier Field, but a new stadium wouldn't be bad. Like I said, I think I think either way we win. It's just going to clog up the the, the L um, if they get the new <laughs> if they get more events and stuff down in uh, Soldier Field. I've got something for you. So let's move on to the Crosstown Convo, and Jack, do you want to start off with the White Sox, or you want me to go with the Cubs? You, you tell me. I mean, it was an emotional day at Wrigley Field, I'll tell you that. I saw the pictures. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, I think I'm going to let you take it away on the Cubs. Yeah, it was uh, it was a little emotional for, for Contreras and Hap. Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't... I don't know why. I, I guess I could see why Hap gets emotional because, yeah, he's been up the farm, right, with the Cubs. But I can see why Contreras got emotional. He's been with the same organi- organization since 2009. That is 14 years now, about 13, 14 years or so. Um, that's all he's known. And he said it in his, like, uh, in his in not press conference, but when he was talking to the media after the game. Like, that's this is all I've known. All I've known are the Cubs. Um, so it was a little emotional to see Contreras uh, – uh, get that way, talk that way. You know, possible last uh, last home home game at Wrigley. The, the the Cubs faithful give him a nice little standing ovation, which was great. He got up to the plate. Everybody stood up. He took a little. He took a moment there um, against the Pirates, and you know, tipped his cap. So that was that was great. You know, and it, it sucks because like I remember seeing his debut back in 2016 when he hit that home run in his first at bat, and the crowd went absolutely just wild right so to see them just just pay that respect back to to him for all he's done for just solidifying that catcher position for the cubs since 2016 um <clears throat> which i feel like has been a hard thing to do for the cubs um to find a really good catcher like him so you know it, it was it was emotional but you know, he's he's probably going to get traded um and it sucks unless you know Jed Hoyer and the Ricketts do something crazy last minute and re-sign them, which would be absolutely wild. Can you imagine that? Like all of Cubs Twitter, all, all just they would go absolutely insane. So, um, but yeah, he, he, you know, he he said it's been a tough couple days for me, uh, just tough. I'm trying to appreciate everything at Wrigley, thinking of all the memories that I have here since 2016, from 20 from 2009 to now. It's probably my last home stand with the fans this year. And it's just tough. It's real tough. Um, he shed some tears during, like, talking to the media, like I said. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see exactly what happens the trade deadline soon. But I'm positive he's on the move. We talked about it on 3-up, three 3-down. Three Definitely 100% on the move. I, I, I can't see I, – I don't see them re-signing him. This is just like last year when they got rid of Rizzo and Baez and Bryant. Uh, Schwarber obviously was gone as well. Uh, so I, I, yeah, it's going to be tough, but, um, yeah, man, I just, I don't know what else to say about Contreras, but he's, oh, it's, it's sad. And I, I understand that. And I think, you know, it's, it, I'm, I'm going to feel a very similar way about it. And I, I think you'll feel a way about it when Kane and Taze are gone, but, yeah. uh, you know, that's going to be a very emotional thing. Uh, but it, it's kind of the business of sports. You hope yeah. it brings enough of a return. There were, uh, not to be the negative Nancy on the situation, there are concerns with throughout teams that he won't be able to pick up, um, you know, a rotation and bullpen and mesh with these, these staffs at this point in the season. True. And with that being said, you know, it limits his role with some clubs. So, it, you know, it's going to be interesting to see who adds him. If you're if you're interested in hearing about where these, these top um, prospects and not prospects, these top uh, stars are going to end up at the deadline. Go listen to the episode that dropped today of 3 Up, 3 Down of the trade deadline special. It was um, a good episode. It was a really good episode. Right? I, th- I thought so. But, um, yeah, no, oh, yeah. I, I think there's it's a bittersweet moment. I, I think 
if if Pito leaves this year, I, I'll kind of feel the same way. Is uh, that'll be a little bit of an emotional thing for me as well. But you know, obviously not as a success as successful as Contreras was with the Cubs, um, specifically you know breaking that curse and, and winning the the championship. So we'll see. I do feel for you. Yeah, yeah. No, it was rough, and and like the whole like business part right of sports. Like I get it and. I think I read it on, uh, what was it, MCC Sports Chicago or something like that. It's like the Cubs have gotten really good at just like, yeah, this is the business side of sports. Like they've gotten extremely good at that. And it's not a great thing for the culture on the team, right? So um, I kind of just feel like the worst for like Morrell. You know what I mean? Christopher Morrell, you know, the, the, the guy who's like, who came up and is doing well, is, like, doing stupid well. Like, we thought Seiya Suzuki might be rookie of the year. This guy's actually in contention now um, because that's kind of the first guy he clung to was Contreras, you know. Um, Contreras being from uh, Venezuela and Morel. I think – I forget where Morel's from, but I, I think they, uh, they're they just kind of – you know, they talked. You know, like I said, they, they, they got that language uh, connection there, so they're always talking. He kind of took him under his wing. He's doing really well, so – and he kind of, I, I feel like Morel's just going to, like, for the rest of his career, kind of, like, look back at, like, the time he had with, with Wilson and just be like, yeah, that was, that was kind of the reason I did really well because of all the tips he gave me and shit like that. But kind of going back to Wilson, yeah, like you said, you know, he doesn't really have too much time to mesh with a lot of the pitching staff um, <clears throat> with other teams right now. But I feel like that, that should get sorted out. But they're also talking about maybe moving him to, like, the outfield or somewhere in the infield. Um I don't know how well that would work out, maybe the outfield, or just keep him at DH until he does build that repertoire with the other um, the other pitching, you know, the pitching staff uh, on whatever team he ends up on. So uh, we'll see what happens then. But, yeah, just really sad um, kind of seeing him go. And Hap, I mean, Hap was – Hap was uh, – he was an interesting player for his time with the Cubs. Uh, never really kind of uh, lived up to the hype, I think. Um, at least from what I what I saw, um, so I'm not like too heartbroken about him as much as I am Contreras. Hap kind of came up right after that, uh, right after that World Series year. So he did He unfortunately he didn't get to win the World. He didn't get to win the World Series or participate. But you know he he was doing all right for the Cubs. You know, kind of solidified that like center field uh, position uh, for the most part, or just an outfield position in general. Um, but he, he he did all right. He just never lived up to the hype that that that, that was around him. So him kind of getting getting a little bit better this year, producing with home runs and just over, just overall offensively, um, gonna put him on a on a team that, that that maybe has some playoff hopes and you know hopefully he can get far and hopefully he gets signed and maybe he gets better with that team and he wins a World Series when you're to know just to know what it feels like and. But I'm not too heartbroken over him. You know, it's like Contreras heartbroken and then Hab is like way down here. If they trade Kyle Hendricks away, I'm going to fucking break down and cry. But um, and then if they fire Rossi at the end of the year, oh, my God, you may as well just fucking you may as well just like stab me in the heart at that point. <laughs> but uh, other than that. Other than the heartache, oh, you gotta be you gotta be excited. You know, there's some excitement in the clubhouse. They've won six in yeah, a row. Ex- exactly, and and that that's the thing that's kind of keeping me going is like they're, they they won six in a row. You got Morel, you got say uh, uh, the pitching looks to be pretty promising. Um, Steel, you you know you got Steel, you got uh, I forgot the, the the other rookie, the top prospect that came up. You got Pico Armstrong coming up. Brendan Davis still hasn't made his debut. Uh, Adbert Alzale has been injured all year, but you know he's he's making his recovery back. Uh, so there are definitely a lot of things to kind of look forward to. And just the one thing I was, I had mentioned on three up three down was like they just need to spend a lot of money this next off season to 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 prove to the fans that hey, losing Baez, losing Rizzo, losing Bryant, Schwarber, and now Wilson wasn't all for just nothing. You know what I mean? Like this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna try to rebuild. Again, something that Jed doesn't just refuses to say is a rebuild. But, um, you know, just spend that money, get those players in, and build that excitement for next year instead of, you know, building a shit team and then expecting premium prices at the at the ballpark. Um, like $8 for a hot dog, I'm sure. That's bullshit, but whatever. It is what it is. It's the ballpark. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you're right. You know, six-game win streak right now. They they, they, they swept the, uh, the, the Pirates – 
today. They had swept the Phillies before that. They had won one before the All-Star break against the Mets. So that was cool. You know, like they, they, they've got a couple of guys um, playing really well. Nico Horner, David Robertson. Obviously, he's going to be on the move for sure. Uh, Nelson Velasquez, another prospect, hit two homers against the uh, Phillies when they destroyed them in game 115-2. Say uh, hit a home run as well. Um, like I mentioned, Steele only allowing one run in four hits and five innings pitched on game two, or sorry, in game one against the Phillies. And the Phillies are no joke, man. Like, they, you know, they're, they, they've gotten better even in the absence of Bryce Harper. Um, so, you know, to sweep the Phillies is, is impressive. And, you know, to sweep the to sweep the Pirates, pretty impressive, seeing, you know, seeing as the Pirates are ahead of the Cubs in the division. So kind of impressive. Jan Gomes, two home runs on Sunday against the uh, the Phillies. Uh, David Ross got tossed in game two against the Phillies for arguing balls and strikes with, I think, probably second or third worst umpire in the league, C.B. Buckner. Uh, I think you would agree with with me on that one. And, um, yeah, I, I just, you know, even after all that, six games in a row, the Cubs should be buyers and extend Contreras. That's just my opinion. <laughs> oh, hot off the press. Rick wants him to, <laughs> Rick wants him to buy. <laughs> bye 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 bye. <laughs> oh, it, it's it, it's fun, and you know that's what you can look forward to in the sense of uh, you know some of your additions in terms of the offseason paying off, and, and Jan Gomes hitting yeah. two home runs on Sunday. Uh, you love to see some of these prospects stepping into big roles. I think Morell's going to look like a future you know MLB everyday player, if not more, and that's exciting, and that's what you want to look forward to. It all depends on how aggressive this Cubs team gets in the offseason. Yeah. Um, like you begged the question and like you've been asking for from the front office, spend the money, make the aggressive moves, expe- uh, expedite the rebuild by a few years. You know, get some rid of some of these contracts. Maybe, maybe, just saying, buy out um, a, a, uh, Hayward. Maybe buy buy out Hayward. Maybe get rid of some of these 100%. guys that are useless. And, 100%. and build up the roster, and, and that's going to take some time, but hopefully making some aggressive moves through trades and free agency can can expedite the process, like we said, and, and we'll see what happens with the Cubbies. But uh, at this point, it's prospect watch, and, and it's yep. been some exciting stuff in this six-game winning streak that you can you can watch and you can take away some, some stuff that you can be confident about, at least in the future. Yeah. And, and again, like you said, it just all depends on what happens in this offseason. I think it's going to be <clears throat> one of the most important offseasons the Cubs are going to have uh, in the last few years. Um, just because of the trade deadline, getting rid of the core, basically. I'm not really sure how much time Kyle Hendricks has left with the Cubs. But, um, yeah, it's going to be one of the more important ones. And, and, you know, as a season ticket holder for a few years now, and I'm sure a lot of other season ticket holders that have – been so for a really really long time they're going to be like yo what the fuck are we doing want a clear plan if the cubs have a convention they're going to want to know they're going to want answers like like hard like yes or no answers um so we'll see again this is going to be a very important offseason after the trade deadline after the emotions all go away after the cubs finish third or fourth in the division um but if they stay on this win streak maybe they'll make a push for the wild card but you know that's that's for me to dream um, so we'll see what happens this offseason. And if they buy out Hayward, oh, oh my God, that'd be so great. That would be so fucking great. I would, I would absolutely love that. I would love for them to buy out Hayward. So, <laughs> wouldn't we all? Wouldn't we all? I'll, I'll pay for that shit. I'll fucking give up my season tickets to, to, to fucking buy out Hayward. <laughs> but, yeah, um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if the Cubbies are back here, yeah, here soon. Yeah. But that's, that's my rant on the Cubs. What about the White Sox? Obviously, again, go go to th- go go listen to three up, three down. You get the full rundown on the White Sox from uh, from Jack and Alex. But kind of tell us a little bit about what's going on with them. And Rick himself as well. The legend joined us for a great episode. Check it out on Spotify and YouTube. Uh, definitely a good listen. The White Sox. The White Sox. I was back. I'm I'm still in on them um, from last week. 
Uh, maybe not as enthusiastic, but I'm still in on them. I still think <laughs> they win this division after an interesting se- series at home with Cleveland, which saw the Sox split it two and two. Um, first game was Lucas Giolito with the ball. He would end up picking up the loss. He didn't look great. It, it, it was a matter of just missing and, and losing a little bit of command and just not finding the right spots. There's some stuff he was working on that looked great. There's some stuff that just didn't. And unfortunately, Cleveland was able to get to him. Um, they scored six earned on Lucas with nine hits in three innings pitched. Um, in terms of the offense, offense was pretty irrelevant. Couldn't muster up more than two runs. Um, and Cleveland would end up winning the game 8-2. to two. Game 2 and 3, it was a doubleheader day and night. Uh, game two, game 1, I should say, they lost 7-4. to four. Um, It has to be one of the more frustrating losses of the year. Johnny Cueto had the start. He went 6 innings, allowing 8 hits, 3 earned, and was able to settle down and pitch for a quality no-decision start. Uh, so you love to see that. Johnny Cueto's been great. Since joining the Sox, his season ERA is up to 289, 2.89, I should say. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, they would blow it. You know, it, the the Sox, I think, opened the scoring, um, only scoring once in the fourth, scoring, and then scoring three in the seventh. Unfortunately, the Guardians were able to score four in the fifth and three in the ninth off Liam Hendricks. Uh, Hendricks kind of shaky in his two starts since the All-Star break. Uh, don't love to see that and unfortunately the Sox dropped game one of the double header hate to see it 0-2 from the all-star break trying to get these games these these divisional games that matter in this 19 game stretch versus AL division um, teams they went 10 and 9 it's it's something that needs to improve it's something we talked about on three up three down and and something like the Astros who have a decent record versus 500 and above teams so you got to win the games that matter Fortunately enough, in Game 2 of the doubleheader, Lance Lynn was finally showing what he was capable of last year, going six scoreless innings, allowing three stri- uh, three hits, striking out six with one walk. Sox would take the lead early, scoring in the third, fifth, and sixth innings. Yon Moncada was credited with two of those RBIs, one of them being a walked-in RBI after, loading, or after the bases were loaded, and he walked, and then hitting a double that scored a few. Um, Eloy then hit a bomb to center that took the lead for 3 nothing. The Guardians, however, would score 4 in the 7th to take the lead off of Jose Ruiz, who honestly should be DFA'd, and Ronaldo Lopez, who has been solid throughout the year. Um, fortunately enough, AJ Pollock, who hasn't been what we've hoped for since coming over from LA, he was able to single that scored 3 runs, clearing the bases, and it was able to take the lead for the Sox 5-4 to four before... Joe Kelly and Matt Foster would shut down the game. Joe Kelly would receive that win. Matt Foster receiving the save. Right, Dylan Cease nice. would go game four of that series. They would win it six to three, and it was a great start. You know, the Sox would uh, uh, would start out the game by scoring uh, six runs in the second inning off Guardians ace Shane Beaver. Five of those six came in the second inning with Lori Garcia, Lori the legend, hitting a home run, scoring Gavin Sheets and an A.J. Pollock three-run home run. The Sox would go on to allow three earned, credited to Graveman and Hendricks. Uh, but Dylan Cease, this was kind of something special. He would go another six innings, allowing seven hits, striking out four, struggled a little Jeez. bit, didn't have his best Sunday stuff, but didn't allow another run. And what that ended up having that extended his streak to 11 straight starts with one earned or less, tying Oof. himself with Bob Gibson, who did it in like the 60s, late 60s, uh, for the only two pitchers who have done that in an 11-game stretch. So Dylan Cease is doing something special on the mound, telling the haters and the critics, why the hell wasn't I a selection in the All-Star <laughs> game that he didn't watch, by the way. Uh, but since in that 11-game <laughs> sense... 11-game span, he's posted a .42 ERA and is 10-4 on the season. He's definitely been the Sox ace, and you love to see the improvements. It's, But like I said, you know, this was an important stretch versus Cleveland, Minnesota, Detroit. Yep. These are games you had to win, and going 10-9 is not going to cut it. Thankfully, they're only, I think, 
two or uh, two or three games back behind. Uh, it might be less than that. Let me double check that. Um, but in terms of the division race, they are a half a game behind four. Cleveland yeah. and four games behind four the, the Twins. So you got to win these games against the division. It's how you make up ground. Uh, but they're in Colorado right now. You hope to rebound there. Um, I don't know. It, it's just it's frustrating. You hope for better outings out of Lucas Giolito, a guy who's trying to make some money out of this yeah. year, and as he's got an expiring contract coming up. And you know, it's it's been consistency out of Johnny Cueto, so you can't you can't really haunt him for an awful performance. That's really just the offense not stepping up. Uh, it's really kind of the matter of the Cleveland series. Um, in terms of the Colorado series that kicked off tonight, they're in the bottom of the fifth. Uh, Michael Kopech's gone 71 pitches. He's in the fifth inning. We'll probably hope to see him go six, maybe seven, if he can can have an efficient inning here. But definitely six is what you would expect here. Sox lead that game one to nothing. Uh, Kopech took on Rocky starter Marquez, probably their best starter in that rotation. And then game two will be Lucas Giolito versus Rocky starter Sentazella. So that will be the Colorado series. Two games there. They haven't really been there in five years, so it's always interesting to see. Jose they Abreu. They, yeah, they do need to there. hit bombs. Jose Abreu uh, has only really played there a few times, and in his two games, I think he had a two run, two home runs, and like a two game set, and was hitting mm-hmm. over three hundred. So he's a guy who loves uh, Coors Field. We'll see what happens at the elevation. That's kind of what the schedule looks like. They do have a three game set back in Chicago. Once they finish up in Colorado tomorrow versus the Oakland Athletics, more games that you need need to win at least yeah. two, if not sweep. Um, you got to beg the question that these these are these are must win games, and and losses hurt more than they they can do anything for you. So, um, you know that's kind of the the story. That's the script right now. You got to win ball games. You got to. Got to be able to close out wins that you've you've got the lead in, and and no more bullshit from this team. And, you know, it's going to beg the question: What is this team going to do with the uh, at the deadline? Sitting forty eight and forty eight, five hundred. It always seems to be as we talk about the White Sox, we're always sitting at about that five hundred mark. Uh, but I do think there'll be buyers. I really do. And you know, yes, we could talk about the Juan Sotos, and, yeah. and yes, crazy enough, Alex from three up, three down. Again, listen to the episode, uh, but he did talk about. You know, could the Sox go in for a package for Juan Soto? Could they go in for a package for one of these big names? You know, it, 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 yeah, they could. Sure, sure enough, they could. But I don't see that happening. I don't see this being another aggressive uh, deadline from Rick Hahn and his boys, like they acquired Craig Kimbrell from your Cubbies last year. Yeah. Uh, right now, it's been stressed that they really want relief, relief help, and that's going to really stress on the bullpen. They'd love to add a lefty arm, as Aaron Bummer has been out. Uh, on the IR for quite some time at this point. Uh, really being that only lefty in the pen has been Tanner Banks. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. I know uh, David Robertson's name has been tossed around in terms of some bullpen help. In oh, terms yeah. of some interest, it could be another trade the White Sox could make with the Cubs as they have proven they're not afraid to make trades with the Crosstown <laughs> rivals. Um, I would personally love to see them bring in some uh, some help, for, uh, specifically a left-handed bat. You know, I think that would oh, really yeah. help. Um, potentially an infielder, if not a right right fielder, that would really be excellent. Sure up that hole of some inconsistency between the Lori Garcia, Andrew Vaughn, and Gavin Sheets trio that has seemed to be the right field platoon. Um, so we'll see what happens. You know, second base-wise, Josh Harrison has been really good since June 1st. He's turned it up. It's been much more impressive, and he's he's actually turned into someone who can produce. So maybe second base isn't someone you need to target. You just need that consistency out of Harrison, who has gone down with, I think, some hamstring tightness. Hopefully he joins the club by the end of the week. Luis Robert has been out. Like I said, bringing in another left-handed bat or an outfielder or maybe an infielder wouldn't hurt. As we've talked about last week, and I still want them to go after Brandon Drury of the Cincinnati Reds. I don't think they'll end up winning those sweepstakes, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. It's it's going to be an interesting uh, August second from the Chicago White Sox, as um, you'd hope to see them be buyers and and definitely not sellers at the deadline. <clears throat> Dude, I got you. Well, I'll give you 
David Robertson. I'll give you uh, Ian Happ, Wilson Contreras. You give me T.A. and Dylan Cease. We'll call it square right there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like Dylan Cease was in that uh, organization at one point. You know, it's not like not like that wasn't a thing. Why well, you got well, to bring, well, bring uh, that back? Sorry, my friend. I think you're going to have to you're gonna sit on those airs a little bit longer. And um, and we'll throw in Hayward for your um, uh, your uh, uh, extra inning speeches to get you guys through the through that to give you the wins. <laughs> How kind of you! How kind of you! Dude, That's I'm such just, a gentleman. You know, such a I'm gentleman. Just, you know, I'm trying to help y'all out. You know, get y'all past the yeah. fucking yep. guardians yep. and the goddamn yep. twins. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Taking our best uh, pitcher and. Uh, <laughs> And our, our shortstop, our all-star shortstop, that, that sounds best pitcher, that sounds what do you fair. need? Giolito. Fine, we'll take Giolito then instead of Seas. We'll see. We'll see what happens with Giolito. He's got to step it up, honestly. <laughs> I was going to say, we you, you, didn't, you didn't come up to defend them as fast as you did Seas. <laughs> like I said, I mean, the guy's breaking records. It's It's been impressive true, stuff. True. Um, that is impressive, though. Throw that in. Throw that in. Damn it. Um... <clears throat> but it, it has been, and it's been it's been a big step from Dylan Cease this year, and it's something you honestly wanted to see as he was one of the top prospects when he was brought up to the club and when he was traded for Jose Quintana to the Chicago <laughs> Cubs. When uh, we it. fleeced you guys, as I must say, yeah, uh, straight up, though. whatever, whatever, whatever. We're not we're not gonna we're, <laughs> we're not gonna, gonna hang revisit our heads. that. We're not gonna we're hang gonna, our heads. On, we're gonna revisit on that. that. Definitely not. Revisit uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see. You know, is someone like Andrew Vaughn untouchable? I think I think he should, shouldn't. I think he should be untouchable. Mm-hmm. You know, it, personally, it's it's a guy who's he could be the future. He's looked great throughout the year. But if you yeah. put him in together in a package for someone like, you know, if, if you thought about this, if, if Shohei Itani was actually on the market and you put together Andrew Vaughn, Eloy Jimenez, and Michael Kopech, Someone has to take that serious because that's yeah. three MLB players who are absolutely ready. And you could understand mm-hmm. the replacements of Eloy Jimenez and Michael Kopech with the fact that you know Shohei is someone who is a two-time, you know, a two-way player who's just a yep. beast. Um, yep. So you could understand that, and you could you could make you can make some eyes eyes turn from that offer. I just don't understand, and I don't think. Oh, I don't, I understand, but I don't think this front office makes that move. Unfortunately. But it, it's it's an enticing offer. I think any team in the MLB has got to take a look at that seriously and at least consider it. Um, and if if you really got to throw on a an extra piece, I'm sure they can find someone in the minor league system. Hopefully not an Oscar Colas, but maybe a Yolecki Cespedes um, that could be an extra piece to that deal for someone like Otani. And maybe yeah. that begs the question that you could be an actual player for Soto in right field, but I don't think you can afford to give up a starting pitcher in that trade. For someone like Soto, so um, that would be interesting. If you guys got Soto, that would be crazy to get Soto. It you would. Guys could, it you would. Guys would literally mash your way through the fucking AL Central at that point. You would hope so. You would hope so. But uh, I don't think Jerry would give the money that Soto mm. is asking. No uh, it could be that he's asking for the same amount of value, just on a shorter um, year length. Uh, that could be, and that would be great. And mm. uh, but fortunately, unfortunately, you know, the Sox are really not known to give up contracts over the hundred million dollar mark. So I don't think they'll be starting that off by giving away someone four hundred and fifty million dollars. Uh, so, and that's where you'd say, you know, <laughs> Soto would probably be a two year rental. Oh, not Jose Ruiz. Oh, Jesus Christ. And I don't think Michael Kopech, I've jinxed him now, will make it out of the fifth inning as he's got first and third with one out with KB, who has yet, yet, KB has yet to hit a homer at Coors Field. It's pretty you surprising. Said, you said they're what? Turn it. Turn it, baby. Turn it. They got out of it. They got out of it. Thank you, Chris Bryant. Thank you, Chicago. <laughs> Thank you, Chris Bryant. As I was saying, Chris Bryant never, never has yet to hit a home run out of, uh, out of Coors? field, out of Coors Field. Jesus and Christ! So he only got five injured. home runs. He, he was injured. He's only got five home runs on the year, but yeah, uh, you got to hope in the next, you know, four and a half, three and a half, uh, actually twelve and a half, eleven and a half innings of baseball that Chris Bryant doesn't <laughs> heat up 
Now I'm happy for that to happen once the Sox <laughs> leave town. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of what I've got for the White Sox. Yeah. You want to see some improvements, obviously, in the record-wise and in the wins column. Uh, but I think you're seeing performances from people. You're getting healthier. Yasmani Grandal has come back since the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. That will help. You will, um, you will expect some more walks, some more uh, power added to that lineup. Eloy Jimenez has homered in two straight games. These are all positives. You can build off A.J. Pollock is starting to heat up. Jose Abreu, like we've talked about, is hot as all hell. Mm-hmm. Yon Mancata is mm-hmm. heading towards the beginning of the lineup. T.A. needs to re- reignite itself. But listing off all those names, you shouldn't be able to not win that, that AL Central just by the names I listed off. So I think, uh, like I said, and like I was confident in last week's episode, I, don't, I think it's inexcusable for this team not to win the AL Central. Um, even if they're yep. four games out of out of first place, yeah, and hopefully they do make that move to get past uh, the Twins and even the Guardians at this point. Man, I just I don't know. Like Brandon Jury doesn't seem to be like someone who's that expensive who would absolutely ruin you guys at least farm wise. Um, and then you know we'll give you David Robertson maybe on the cheap, maybe for Dylan Seaspack, no big deal. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. That's a fair deal, dude. We'll throw in Jason Hayward. Fine. Reckon uh, is truly. They got him thinking some type of way. I just want to get rid of fucking Hayward. That's really at the that's, that's really the underlying topic here for me. But, uh, yeah, man, I would just love to see you guys make, like, a second half, like, just sprint, whatever you want to call it, to, to overtake those twins because uh, I think uh, – you know, Alex, I think on three up, three down, said he's not very confident in Correa staying in, in Minnesota. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But hopefully you guys are able to pick somebody up. I do just want to say, though, Dylan Cease, man, like, I like he looks like a White Sox player. Like, with the mustache and those, those black and white pinstripe uniforms you guys have, that shit looks crisp. I will say that. Like, I there's very few players, like... Um, uh, God, what was the, what was the guy? What was the captain's name on the Mets a few years ago? He retired because he got really sick oh, and stuff. Um, you're thinking of uh, Dave, David, something? David Wright, David Wright, David Wright. Like he looked like a Met. You know what I mean? Derek Jeter was a Yankee. Dylan Cease looks like a fucking White Sox all day. You know what I mean? Like he looks really absolutely. good in the uniform. He's got the mustache. He just looks like he would absolutely destroy batters. And I'm in the last eleven games. That's exactly what he's done. So. No, Just, and that's uh, what I want. I want Lance Lynn to teach him that bad motherfucker attitude. I think he will. Yeah, and yeah. Once he picks that up, I think hitters will be scared of Dylan Cease for years to come. And, and definitely, and hopefully, on that south side uh, baseball team. Yeah. We'll see. But I, I did want to you know, reach out and extend an invite to the bandwagon for at least the rest of the season. <laughs> Rick, there's always room. You're wearing black for a t-shirt. I'm, Who knows? That could be... A Southside Pride T-shirt, you know, yeah, um, it's, but it's literally nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say I'll jump on the bandwagon once they're out of third place because I'm already rooting for a third or fourth place team. So I think I'm good right, right now. All right, all right. Once all right. they get I can once, understand that. I can once understand they're that. like five games above everyone else in the division, I will jump on the bandwagon 100. Um, percent Hey, Yasmani's three for three. It's, it's, it's I mean, the there things, you go. You guys are gonna the get things you want to see. You guys are going to get this dub right now. You guys are getting healthier, you know, finally, right? Like, you got Lansing, you got Eloy back, you got all these guys back. TA just needs to step it up a little bit more because uh, he's hurt too, right? Is he is he hurt right now, TA? TA is not. TA is not. He was a little yeah, cold okay. um, coming into the All-Star break, but hopefully he'll find it. Uh, you know, he's still hitting above 300. He's still yeah. at that 300 mark and hopefully staying above it. Yeah, well, there you go. He just needs to he just needs to heat up a little bit after the break, but I'm sure I'm sure he'll be fine. Um, but yeah, that was a crosstown convo. Let's move into probably nothing nothing very very great with the uh, the Hawks talk here, <laughs> Jack. If you wanna you wanna go ahead and bring it up. Nothing great. <laughs> ah, our captain, our lord, our savior, Johnny Taze, sat down with Mark Lazarus. Famous Mark Lazarus of the Athletic, and he kind of really had this to say regarding the changes um, that the Hawks have made. At the end of the day, we're talking about a five-year-plus process, according to yep. Kyle. Taze said so. That part of it doesn't sound appealing to me at all. I can't speak for Kaner, but I definitely feel that amount of turnover our team has gone through every single year these last three or four years. 
that where it gets really, really draining and exhausting. You have a guy like Alex Dabrinkit who is under Kaner's wing, and I like to think that Kirby and I had that bond in some ways too. And out they go. Out the door over and over. We've seen that turnover. I'm learning to be more patient, but there's no doubt that timeline is pretty daunting and pretty exhausting to think about. So I'm not going to sit here and say, what am I going to do, what the future holds for me, because I really don't know. In the grand scheme of things, I would say it's it's really hard to expect a competitive guy like Taze and Kane to want to stick around for a, a rebuild that you kind of can confirm is going to be a five-year process. Um, yeah. As Davidson has really said, um, so yeah, I, I, I think it's tough to say that Kane and Taze, at least the both of them, stay after this this next season, if not the deadline, uh, when I ex- at least expect Kane to be moved. Um, since Kane or Taze is the captain, since Taze pretty much lives here, you know, he really only spends about a year or a week in the summer in Winnipeg, where he is from, but for mm-hmm. the most part, is living and training in Chicago. Um, and that's something you got to respect, and, and it's something he is 34, five years. That's 38 years old. That is, it's a lot of hockey to be played in that sense. Uh, we'll see. Like you know, the guy's got three Stanley Cups. He's got a, lit, a lot of rings on his finger. He mm-hmm. did finish um, kind of the interview by. He did also have this to say when we traded Hags and then Cat and Kirby. Reality really set in. Um, okay, this is where we are at, and they're really going to focus on the future, Taze said. It's really just unfortunate that it's going to come to that, but it is what it is. So much of that stuff has been out of my control. First, for, oh, oh. Uh, apologies. Got an insider apologies. calling Jack. Apologies, apologies. <laughs> Let me just make sure. Uh, nothing breaking news. Uh, <laughs> but it is what it is. So much of that stuff has really been out of my control for some quite time, for quite some time, and it has been a weird place to be in as captain. It is hard to tell sometimes what should be your concern and what shouldn't be, aside from just playing your game. So my head is here, thinking about what's going right, uh, what's right in front of me, what's the next day or next game or the next challenge. These last few years have taught me to be in the moment and cut out the things that I really can't control and just focus my energy on what I can control so I can enjoy the game from there. And with Kane or Taze taking last year off due to the health concerns and issues, you kind of respect that he is at that point in his career. He understands mm-hmm. where he's at. Um, it is unfortunate to see the guys that they have traded. It, it, it kind of gives you the same feeling of, of Artemi Panarin being traded to Columbus when it happened. Yep. Um, you really you feel for, for Seth Jones, who's locked up here for another eight years. But... Um, <laughs> It's it's all coming for for first uh, to kind of it's all coming for um, full circle for for Hawks fans and, and hockey fans because this core this de- this dynasty that was great from 2010 to 15 and pretty much till te- 2017 um, it's gonna break up and that's why you know as I talked about in Crosstown Talk like the similarity of a Hawks fan and its emotionality to the lo- loss of Kane and Tays and this kind of core that's really evaporated throughout the last few years without retirements and, and transactions to the loss of your Rizzo, your Bryant, your Contreras, yeah. your Baez. And um, that's why I think it's really similar. And I also understand, you know, with the fact that the Cubs hadn't won in so long, um, Taze did end up end the interview with saying he still recognizes and understands Chicago as home. He still wants to see a future here. Mm-hmm. Um, it does look clouded, but he does understand and, and still think about the days of, of being a 17-year-old and, and hearing his name called by the Blackhawks in the NHL draft. Um, so he does still think about those positive moments. Hopefully uh, that five-year window turns into a three-year window, and that's a little bit more uh, realistic with him being closer towards 36 and 37. Um, yeah. Be a little more doable, I think. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. They, it's two guys that have picked up tons and tons of miles through playoff experience. Um, guys yeah. who are playing pretty much every round of the playoffs throughout that dynasty, winning or not or losing, going to Western Conference Finals. Um, so you just you never know what these guys have left in them. It sounds like Kane's probably got a little bit more left in the tank than Taze, uh, but both plenty plenty left uh, left to go, and it seems like they both want to go until they're on empty. Yeah, man, and it sucks because, like, this is, like, Kyle Davidson, right? Like, Kyle Davidson is finally taking over. It really all had to do with Stan Bowman, and I think the first domino to drop in all this was trading away Panarin. That was, like, 
that was just the beginning, right? Like looking back, obviously, right? Hindsight, looking back, Panarin getting traded for peanuts really at the end of the day was absolutely the first domino to drop. And I'm sure Taze was like, what the fuck was that about? You know what I mean? Then you get rid of uh, Tuevo, right? Um, you get rid of just like all these players and then just like Stan Bowman's a fucking idiot. So it sucks because Kyle Davidson has set forth pretty much a basically like, hey, we're probably not going to be competitive for another five years. And it's he's, at least he's straight up with these guys. You know what I mean? Like the top two guys in the, in the Blackhawks organization for the last decade plus. Um, so you got to respect it on both sides, right? Taze is like, all these trades made no sense to me. All these guys getting let go made no sense to me. And Kyle Davidson's is like, well, that's kind of the hand that I was dealt to. Um, and we're not going to be competitive for another five years. And that's, that's kind of what it is right now. Well, I mean, I, you've got a great point in the sense is finally you can tell the front office is, is showing some transparency. They're not lying to the fan base um, and they're setting expectations. And that's really what Sam Bowman really failed to do post yep. the, the dynasty. It was set expectations, set reality for Blackhawks fans. And that's why they expected so much more uh, from what we got in the last five years. And mm-hmm. hopefully things will change. Hopefully things will progress into the future. Um, you know, you got to love the fact that they did acquire the amount of draft picks that they did this year. Yeah, you will yeah. imagine that they will acquire more through acquisitions and trades. Uh, so we'll see what happens. You know, it's it's kind of it's prospect watching and and taking a win as it is and and counting that as a win and and kind of appreciating the sweet things of pro sports because you know it looks like a rocky rocky road. Yeah, um, yeah. for Hawks fans. It, you know, and and that's kind of the reality of it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if they can make it. Like you said, make it like a three-year uh, uh, rebuild, pretty much, right? With you still got the top two guys, obviously. There, you got Seth Jones. You got maybe you need better goalies. That's kind of you know the big question mark is the goalie. I feel like in, in some defense. Hopefully, these draft picks work out. Um, but yeah, man, we'll see what happens with the Hawks. It it just sucks because like yeah, they're. Who knows what's going to happen this next season? Uh, if they can, like, like I said, if Kyle Davidson can be like, "Hey, can you guys wait three years to maybe you know make another run," and then two years after that, you know, to consistently be making runs. Hopefully, they can, and then they'll retire Blackhawks and maybe have more than three Stanley Cups under the belt, which would be amazing. So um, that'd be great. That would just be awesome to see. That'd just be great to see. So, um, without a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah, uh, unless you got anything else, man. I think that's kind of it for today. No, I, I think it's a good one. Uh, Michael Kopech is through five and a third, hopefully going through six innings. Let's go White Sox. Let's go Bulls. Let's go Bears. <laughs> let's go Blackhawks. Um, Cubbies, get better, I guess. You know, I'm not rooting against you. Um, <laughs> Appreciate that. But Appreciate no, that's, that. that's really all I got for you this week, and I, I think it was a good one. Um but I look forward to uh, reconciling, uh, recon- reconciling next week and, and seeing what our teams do through this deadline. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Next week is going to be uh, just a week full of emotions, I think, for myself. Uh, but a little bit of breaking news here. We haven't done a sky-high segment in a while. Unfortunately, they did lose the Commissioner's Cup. Uh, the Commissioner's Cup being a midseason tournament between the top two squads in the standings. And unfortunately, the, uh, the Aces took down the sky. Uh, looks like a score of 93 to 83, but I think this guy is still number one in, in the WNBA in general. So just wanted to give you guys that, uh, unfortunate breaking news, but that is what they happened are. With the they are. Cup. And go, go sky, go sky. You yep. love to see yep. it. They are first in the WNBA. Um, Candace Parker keeps climbing the, the rankings of, of historical numbers throughout the WNBA history. Yep. Um, but yeah, go sky. Unfortunately, yeah. I did jinx Michael Kopech as he did allow a single, <laughs> and his outing has finished at five and a third. Not uh, bad. Still not, not, bad, bad, not bad. We'll take it. We'll take it. We'll take well, it. Well, absolutely. Um, but yeah, man, other than that, uh, we've still got the competition, sorry, the giveaway for uh, the Cubs Cardinals uh, bleacher, bleacher seat tickets. Uh, going on right now at crack one media on Instagram. So go follow us on Instagram, you know, refer a couple friends there in the comments of the post 
and you guys could win a couple tickets, a couple bleacher seats. You know, be, be bleacher bums for uh, for for the Cubs. They're not going to be very watchable or anything. It's nothing. Not going to be anything really exciting. But, uh, but no, yeah. it'll be a fun time though. It'll be a fun. It'll time. still be a good fun, time. Oh, absolutely. Time. That's all get you can yourself, ask for. Yeah, get yourself an eight dollar hot dog and a ten dollar beer, and you'll be fine. You know, bacon in the sun in the middle of August. Um, so yeah, go in there, tag a couple of friends, have them follow us and then, uh, mention us in your story for a chance to win those tickets. Um, go to crackwindmedia.com to listen to this podcast, other podcasts, uh, check out the blogs and then meet the team section as well. You can follow me on Twitter at, and now Rick Jack is at Siffy man on Twitter and then go to YouTube, search crack one media and follow us. Got all the, all the new episodes up of uh only football well maybe not not the newest of only football uh of three up three down in this episode as well for big league chicago so check that out and uh yeah man i will see you next week and it's gonna be a good week next week i, I can you feel it. you you have yourself a beautiful week why don't you <laughs> that's what i gotta say uh love everybody everyone have a good week always a pleasure all right man see you My women plus size, no lie. That why I stress my on your butt thighs. That's fine by me. She cooks whenever I slide. Pasta burger, French fry. Sometimes I don't even eat. She fuck with my verses, my fluffy. She sweats, she let me eye. Kiss on her tummy, my tummy XL and fit her perfect. Won't catch me lurking at all. My Richard once I spit all. Since so proud and so tall, those cheeks around of applause over and over and over again. So my homie and my parents, we were only just friends at first. I couldn't let my secret out then It's getting deeper now But I don't care what others think about me Came out of depression Had to pick up the penny Against skinny nigga Thick wallet chubby chasing them Benjamins now Tribe got all day to change the name So we winning again Sound partial Hey Welcome to the halftime show I love to leave a nigga flatline Yeah, I know Niggas quick to lose cool And frown down on something new That they ain't used to Like nigga, who's you? Welcome to the halftime show. I love to leave a nigga flatline. Yeah, I know. Niggas quick to lose school and frown down on something new that they ain't used to. They're all these little screw niggas there.